just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. Good afternoon and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I'm your host, Todd Schneck. I had the pleasure of meeting this gentleman in studio, gosh, it's probably a month or two ago now on another show. And I found him fascinating. I found him inspirational. And I also learned he had a new book coming out that I think is going to be a great read for you, my beloved audience. So I wanted to get him in studio to talk about the book a bit and some other things that I find very interesting from him. So it's welcome back to the studio, Joey Ryman. He's the author of the book we're going to talk about today, Thumbs Up. He's also the author of The Story or Purpose. He's a professor at Emory University, and he's the founder of Bright House Consulting, which we'll probably talk about has just been acquired. And uh, it's a really cool story there. So, Joey, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Todd. It's great to be back here with all your listeners. Yeah, it's good to have you. Thanks for carving out some valuable time. I know at this moment in time, you are very, very busy with this acquisition of Bright House. Before uh, we get into the new book, Thumbs Up. Take a quick second, Joey, and just give the audience a bit of the background and you. Yeah, I'm from New York City. I had the blessing of coming to Atlanta about 30 years ago. I opened an advertising agency, which became the number one agency in the country. But then in 95, 1995, I realized that the whole formula for marketing, the platform for marketing was fraught with misdesign, that there was something really wrong with marketing, that marketing could do better, that business could do better. Business could not just sell stuff, but it could actually serve the world, if not heal the world, and opened a company called Bright House, now in its 20th year. And Bright House is a consulting firm that's focused on helping other firms, Fortune 500 companies, and small companies, frankly, the fortunate ones, make the world a brighter place. So Think about not just the life of your business, but the business of life. And at that intersection, that's where my work is. And it was just acquired, right? By the Boston Consulting Group, the leading consultancy on the planet, which has just been a remarkable happening for both firms. The Boston Consulting Group's in 70 countries with 10,000 people. We're in Atlanta with 25. So the question is, what did they know that no one else knows? And I would argue they know that there's a purpose tsunami coming where people want to find their purpose, discover their purpose, and live the life that they were supposed to lead versus being defined by someone else. I often say, you know, define yourself or you're going to be defined. So now we've got one consultancy made up of these two firms that are both heartful. And I like to say focused on the hopeful heart and the critical eye the heart and the mind. Purpose tsunami. Boy, I couldn't agree with you more. So Joey, the new book, Thumbs Up, Five Steps to Create the Life of Your Dreams. Now, if I go to Amazon and search for books to help me live the life of my dreams, there's going to be probably tens of thousands yes. of them. <laughs> so a uh, typical question I ask, I interview a lot of authors and they're, they're putting out the latest marketing book, the latest sales book, the latest right. leadership development book. And I always ask, why did the world need another one? But when I think about Thumbs Up, it has a very personal story that provided the inspiration for you writing it, and which led to, I, I'd love for you to talk about the injury <laughs> that right. prompted this, and then the eureka moment in Tampa, Florida, I think it was, uh, where you came up with this idea of how to you leverage that story to help others. So walk us through the background of Thumbs Up and, and what inspired you to do it. Sure, Tom. 
this is, you know, you mentioned thousands of self-help books and marketing books. You were so right. And let me start at the end that this book, Thumbs Up, unlike those thousands and thousands of books, they actually are based on not a handbook that I've written that hopefully your listeners will read, but your hand, the hand itself. So whether you buy the book or not, by the end of this interview, you'll have the five tenants based on the five fingers on your hand. And if you want to know more about it and how to grab success, then you can pick up the book as well with your hand. But let's go back to 1975 when I was working as an intern for Federico Fellini, the famous film director in Italy. There I was in a car crash. I was actually a passenger. Everyone in the car was fine, actually, except me. My arm got caught between the two bucket seats on impact of a bus. I was paralyzed, but all my nerves were damaged. My bones were pulverized. There was no muscle movement. I couldn't feel, I had no feeling. They talked about amputating my arm. Now that I was 22 years old in the middle of Rome, Italy, and my parents flew out and they saved my arm, but they said I would never move my hand again. And over a period of uh, three months convalescing in Italy, I had uh, really the story of this book happened to me. And some say it was divine intervention. Some say it was mind over matter. I'm still not sure, but I outline what happened in this book and how that can happen to you, regardless of what injury you have, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, because I had a revelation in that hospital room, which led to my fingers coming back, my feeling coming back, my hand coming back, my arm coming back. And actually, my right hand is better than my left hand, <laughs> the, the hand that was injured. And you refer to Tampa, Florida. Well, a couple of years actually after that accident, I was supposed to give a speech in Tampa, Florida. And as I was on my way to the speech, the person in the car who was bringing me to the speech said, gee, Joey, it's so great to have you back because we love what you talked about last year. And oh my goodness, every fear nerve in my body went off because I realized that the speech I was about to give was the exact same speech <laughs> to the same people I gave only a year ago. So I had about an hour in my hotel room and I prayed to God and I said, what should I do? And I looked at my hand and realized I had always had the story inside me, that the story was the story of what happened in Rome and what I learned in Rome and what I learned about purpose and what I learned about being positive and what I learned about being fear. And it just so happened that each of these learnings, these lessons correlated with one of the digits or fingers on my hand. And I went out there and gave an extemporaneous speech, but I must have been, I must have been channeling something through something because I just spoke for one hour. And afterwards, I realized I had to write this down and share it with the world. So that's the genesis of Thumbs Up. So five steps to create the life of your dreams corresponding to the five digits on your hand. So let's go through those because it's quite fascinating. And I'll be perfectly frank, when I think about my life and I think about my struggles and my challenges, it's these ideas. Am I walking towards the right purpose? Am I looking up? I mean, you talk about the power of looking up. It's fear. It's, is it my taking appropriate action? And it's the little things. And so let's go through that. So the first one is, is giving the world a thumbs up. Walk yeah. us through that. So let's talk about your thumb. Your thumb has the most bones, the most uh, muscles. It is a critical digit on your hand. And, you know, thumbs up goes back to the Colosseum when people were going to live or die when they were gladiators, and then the emperor would give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So it's been around quite some time. But this notion of giving a thumbs up, if you Google it, you'll see pictures of everyone from astronauts to the Beatles to doctors to leaders giving one symbol, a symbol that means the same thing in really mostly every country, and that is to take life on. 
and to be optimistic and to have a mindset and to make a loving, not a living and to tap into your well-being to refresh your spirit. And it takes the word impossible and puts an apostrophe between the M and the P and says, I'm possible. Raising your thumb raises every ship, mentorships, friendships, your relationships, your workmanship, your scholarship, your leadership. And the only thing that it it actually gives a thumbs down to is hardship. So this idea of having a thumbs up mindset, it really speaks to the greatest state to live in, which is a great state of mind. And when you give someone a thumbs up, it means you matter. So in very, in a very simple moment and a very simple way, you can change the outlook of a person's day. In my case, and hand surgeons know this, when you're getting your hand back and you, if you're lucky enough to do that, your fingers, it's your thumb that moves first. So I had to get my thumbs up in order to make anything else happen. And today when I hit hardship, I have to do the same thing. I have to take a mindset that is both optimistic. I call it optimalism, where the optimistic mindset actually creates optimal effects. So whether you're in business or whether you're at home, the idea of going in with the intention of something positive is going to work a lot better for you than something negative. And that means even faking it till you make it, That go, to go into a situation and think positive or do something positive. So again, it's a mindset that can change not just your mind, but change the minds and hearts of the people closest to you. Well, this idea of optimalism, I mean, it's one thing to read it in a book and say, okay, yeah, it's harder to shift in that mindset. And a lot of people struggle with that. What's your best advice? I mean, I could imagine thinking of Joy Ryman and the thumbs up, looking in the mirror at yourself and giving yourself the thumbs up is the kind of thing that can suddenly change that mindset. I mean, is it that simple? It's Todd, you just hit the, the probably... (laughs) One of the simplest acts that one can do, which is to look in the mirror when they wake up and give themselves a thumbs up. We rarely, even the people who give thumbs up to other people, rarely give those that thumbs up to themselves and say, you know what, today is a thumbs up day. I'm not just going to give myself a thumbs up. I'm going to actually look up. And that kind of intention again begins your entire day. So it can be as simple as doing that, but it begins with you. And remember, you know, feelings that we have every day are not facts, they're feelings. So a thumbs up is a feeling. And if that feeling can ignite other feelings inside your mind and heart, you're going to have a better day. And this is an important fact that feelings are not facts, but they are what runs us. So why not start with a great feeling and feel good and have that guide of the rest of your day? Well, the forward of the book, I should mention, is written by the grandson of Gandhi. That's correct. In reading his foreword, I mean, that's what he focuses on is that power of looking up as how critical it is. And that was what his grandfather stood for. I mean, that changes everything, whether it's in your in your personal life, in your relationships, in your business. That alone can solve a lot of your problems, yeah? Absolutely. And, and speaking of Arun Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi's grandson, who was kind enough and generous enough to write the foreword, and he spoke with me about his grandfather and what the hand meant to his grandfather. And it's, it's worth just mentioning that Gandhi felt that you could have a great, great idea in your head, but unless it came from your heart, it was really not genuine. The key part, though, was not the head and the heart. He said you could have the greatest idea that makes its way from the head to the heart or the heart to the head, but unless it makes it to the hand, unless you do something with it, it's absolutely meaningless. And I think that Gandhi's, one of his greatest contributions is this notion that virtue without action that intention without contribution, that having something in your head and your heart without demonstrably creating it with your hands is meaningless. So when it really comes down to it and you really want to give the world a hand, you got to use your hand. Mm. 
I love it. All right. So the second step, the pointer finger uh, is pointing to your purpose in life. What do you mean by that? (laughs) And purpose is obviously the foundation of the work that you do in the world. But talk about that a bit. Well, Mark Twain said many wonderful things. My favorite thing is he said, the two best days of your life are the day that you're born and the day you find out why. And I would argue that the second, that second day is even more important than the day you're born because you don't remember the day you're born, but you do remember the day you find out why. And throughout my travels all throughout the world and speaking to thousands upon thousands of people, the one question that keeps coming up and in the letters to me and response and requests from me is how do I find my why? And in this book, Thumbs Up, I tell you how to find your why. The cliff note version or the monarch note version or the spark note version, depending how old you are, is this. At the intersection of what you really love doing and what you're really good at and what the world needs, at those three, at that intersection of those three lies your purpose or what Aristotle called your vocare or your calling. So I'm not talking about how to find a better job. I'm not talking about how to find a better career. Those mean very little when you're talking about finding your calling or your purpose. And there's so many people I'm sure listening that go, gee, I do have a great job and I am on a great career track, but am I really living my purpose? Am I living my why? And again, at the intersection of what you love, what you do well, and what the world needs, you need all three. But in the book, I outline how to get there and how to live really a life of purpose where you're defining every day of your life versus someone else. And when I say someone else, your peers, your parents, your professors, your partners, those four Ps are always telling you what to do. They're not really telling you why. Only you know why. So in Thumbs Up, I tell you how to find your why. Joey, uh, we talked briefly before we went on the air about that most people on this earth, I think, don't know their why. No. Or they think it's the career or they think it's wealth. Yeah. Uh, And I love your definition of wealth. I'd love for you to share that. What you do well, what you enjoy doing, and what the world needs. See, that third leg, I think, is what most people get stuck on and not realizing how rewarding that is when you identify that. So, Absolutely. Any advice on someone who's sitting there stuck in the cubicle and miserable and dreading getting up in the morning? Yeah. Just a couple thoughts here that, first of all, the most important thing in your life is to decide what is most important. And this is important. And it, it's worth the time of some inquiry. You know, purpose is a, it's a, a circuitous path, but it's a path from what you have in your mind, what I would call an aspiration, to what you have in your heart, which is a dream. And aspirations and dreams are very different. Aspirations are goals. They're things that other people told you to do, and then you'd be happy. But only you know what's in your heart. And life only works when you discover your life's work. So think of a why as not a question. Think of it as an answer. Close your eyes and see what's in your heart. When you close your eyes and you look in, it's called insight. That insight only you have. And when you find that why, you will realize that you don't need money to make a living, but you do need meaning to make a life. And this is what we're talking about. Money comes and goes, but meaning comes and stays. I love it. All right. Joey Ryman will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you by Miles Finch Innovation, LLC, a creative consultancy that is passionate about ideas, imagination, and facilitating a culture of innovation. Miles Finch Innovation helps companies navigate the messy territory of corporate innovation. They're strategic thinking partners who can help you get unstuck and identify creative solutions to your toughest challenges. They also love to train and speak on the subject of creative leadership 
Learn more about how they can help you at milesfinchinnovation.com. Miles Finch Innovation. Idea-centric. Strategically driven. Humanly conscious. All right, I'm back with Joey Ryman, the author of Thumbs Up, Five Steps to Create the Life of Your Dreams. All right, so we talked about the thumb, talked about the pointer finger, now we're talking about the middle finger, and you say, give that middle (laughs) finger to fear. Right. So there's a reason, I think, that the middle finger is the tallest finger on your hand because it's got the tallest order in front of it, (laughs) which is to get rid of fear. And by the way, listen, we all have fears. We'll always have fears. We're hardwired for fear. We wouldn't even be listening to this broadcast if we didn't have fear because we would have been eaten by a tiger thousands and thousands of years ago. So we're always going to have fears. But how do you deal with those fears? And that's what I outline in the book Thumbs Up. And there are ways of actually mitigating fear, of putting it aside, of taming it so that you can get beyond it. You know, enemy is short for end of me. (laughs) So fear is my number one enemy. You know, the idea of fear really comes from within ourselves, not outside ourselves. We are constantly telling ourselves to worry or what we should be worrying about. We have what the yogis called monkey mind. I'm sure a lot of people out there know what that means, which is you overthink everything. And that can be a real, real problem. For me, worry is a form of atheism. It means that you do not believe that there will be a a greater outcome, which goes back to the thumb. So again, in order of what we talked about so far, being thumbs up, pointing at what you want, and then saying, you know what, I can get that. I don't have to worry that I won't get it. Leap and the net will uh, will appear. This notion of I should have done that or I should do this and my parents told me to do that or my partners told me to do this or my colleagues told me to do that. It's not their life. They're not living your life. You are. So this notion of what you should do and forgive me, Todd, but don't should on yourself. I mean, this is what should shoulds are. Should is a, a word that should be taken away and removed because shoulds lead to fear. And again, look, we've got lots of fears. The second biggest fear in the world is fear of public speaking. And, and public speakers will say the way to get rid of public, spe- public speaking fear is to go out and speak. I speak all over the world, but I've had fears too. And I remember coming out and telling the audience, I'm scared. And you know what they did? They put their arms around me. I mean, there were thousands of people out there, but I could feel that they were there for me because they have that same fear. So, you know, it's almost like vocalize it and you'll vaporize it. And the more you talk about your own fear, that fear will go away. So remember, you can feed optimism or you could feed fear and whoever gets the most food wins. So feed your mindset of the thumbs up mindset and starve fear and fear will go away. So when you say that worry is like a form of atheism, what you're in essence saying is you got to have faith, yeah? Yeah. Faith is one of the most underrated concepts in the world. And the reason it's underrated is you can't buy it at a store. There's no price tag because it's invaluable. You can't see it. But like everything else you can't see, like love, God, and faith, and hope, these are the things that we really a dream about at night. These are not aspirational. These are things that we are hardwired for, that we were born with. You know, it's like when you buy something, they come with the instructions. When we're born, we come with the instructions for faith. And all you have to do is look inside yourself, not outside yourself for that faith, and you'll find it. And faith, you know, when fear comes knocking at the door, just answer it with faith, and that fear will go away. But you've got to believe, and that's a hard thing to do. But if you find your purpose, your purpose actually generates and facilitates and fuels faith. So again, back in order, I'm going to have the right mindset. I'm going to be optimistic. 
And that's going to lead me to what I love in my life, what I'm good at, and what makes the world a better place. And when I have that, fear will retreat. Yeah, I was going to comment that I think if you have no purpose, that feeds, that feeds, that fear, no doubt about it. And, and, and Joey, even this morning, I was paralyzed by fear. I was hesitating to respond to an email because I was afraid of what the person would respond. And I said, what? I built a company called Intrepid for a reason. I wanted people to be Intrepid. That, right. was, that was the whole shtick behind my brand. So I sent the email and I got a, a favorable response within minutes. And I was like, why did you delay that for a day uh, agonizing over something as silly as that? And right. so that kind of fear paralyzes us in virtually every action. And so, yeah, I agree that it's it's my biggest enemy too. It's all, it's public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded by the hockey player, Rain Gretzky said, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Just like you talked about that story. The key thing is to take the shot. And chances are, you know what? You may not hit the stars, but you may hit a planet. And that's pretty good. (laughs) Well, the other thing I always like to say is we're always so worried about what people think. And I also think most of those people have their own worries (laughs) and they don't care what you're doing anyway. That's right. That's right. Everyone is worrying. And again, what distinguishes the winner from the whiner uh, or the successful one from the loser is the one who has more faith, not more fear. All right, so let's move on to the fourth finger, and I love your idea, and I'm going to steal this for my own March (laughs) 4th plan, but take an action. So the fourth finger, walk us through that. Okay, so many years ago when I started my first company, I was working on everyone really, really hard, and I was looking at the holiday list, and I thought to myself, you know, there's no holiday on this calendar that celebrates these amazing people that I work with. So I took the date, March 4th, and this is back in 1986, and declared March 4th as the day that March 4th, that's the fourth day of March, as the day everyone in this company will march forth on their own dreams. And I said, listen, this is a paid day off. The only thing I ask of you is that you do something you've never done before, whether it's jump out of a plane, a skydive, whether it's build a start, you know, Habitat for Humanity, you know, whether it's get, uh, ask her to marry you or get rid of that relationship or buy a cheap, whatever it is that you've always wanted to march forth on, this is a day for you because only when we march forth can we turn our ideas into I did it. You know, action really is the great separator between haves and haves not have nots. And this has been a very empowering day. And now we've been celebrating it for decades. There, I think there are over 200 companies across the country now who celebrate March 4th. I know the city of Atlanta declared March 4th, commemorated that day as the day of purpose. I'm going to try and get the Boston Consulting Group to do the same <laughs> uh, worldwide. We'll see how that goes on your uh, well, You I'll can add the Intrepid you. Now Media Network okay, to, so to the can, list. Well, thank you, Intrepid. But add yourself to the list. Even if you can't take the day off, take it on. Make March 4th a day that you're going to either secretly or openly do something that you have been wanting to do all your life. And I have to tell you, even my, well, my kids now are in their 20s, but I remember my six-year-old coming up to me, Julian, and he said, Dad, on this day, I'm going to try tomatoes. So, I mean, (laughs) here we have a six-year-old. So whatever it is, try something new and march forth on your dream. And regardless of what it is, and you will see that the days ahead are unprecedented and bring new things to your life. We talk about taking action. So many people struggle with that. And when I'm thinking about the thumbs up methodology here, and if you if you give yourself the thumbs up and you find your purpose and you you get faith and fear no longer paralyzes you, you can't help but take action, yeah? That's right. And here's a big hint for all the listeners and one of the myths, I think, in the world. Most of us think that if we think about something, and then take action. That's the way the world works. And actually, if you're worried about something or there's something inside your heart that has not been able to get out, the key is don't think 
really about it. Don't worry about it, as we just talked about the third finger. Actually, instead of thinking, take the action and let the thinking follow. This is a remarkable insight that I learned from my kids as they explored different avenues for what they wanted to study in the world. And it wasn't about thinking about the avenues. It was about taking the avenues. It was about actually taking action. So think about marching forth first, actually, and march forth into things that you haven't really thought about, that you haven't been giving too much thinking about. And don't overthink it. Rather than think it, do it. We've got a framework at back at Bright House, this notion of being, doing, and saying. And for the business people out there, you'll appreciate it. I've always had a problem in marketing where people are spending 700 billion years globally every year on marketing, on saying the right things that they think people want to hear. But people don't believe what you're saying unless you're being it first and then doing it. If you be it, then do it, you have permission to say it. So remember that order. First, be who you are, which is your purpose. Then do it. Do it. Actually live it. I mean, if you're in a job you don't like, I'm not going to tell you to quit. I'm going to tell you to start. Start doing what you love doing. And that doing will take you to the precipice of what you should be doing in your life. So be, do, and say, not the other way around. You know, thinking back to my silly email example, uh, once I started writing it, I thought to myself, this is going to be just fine. (laughs) You know, because I just got confident just by finally engaging in the process. So, yeah, we could talk for hours on taking action and the muse finds you, you know. Once you take that first step and you start engaging in whatever it is you're taking action on, it just starts taking a life of its own. Yeah. And, you know, action is life. (laughs) Forgive me, but I think there is a typo in the Bible around asking you shall receive it. I think it's act and you shall receive. And, and you know, even the words AM and PM, they're initials for me for action moments and peaceful moments. And the day when you wake up, it's not just waking up, it's waking up with the right mindset. It's focused on what you love doing. It's putting fear aside and then taking those action moments. All right. We're on that fifth little finger now. And Joey, little is the new big, yeah? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, I could write a whole book called Little is the New Big. And, you know, little starts with giving a thumbs up. But you know, we're always, we've been so focused on making big money, having, living in a big house, having a big job, having the big corner office. But you know what? When you get to the top of the mountain, you find what you brought with you. And all that big stuff is not what you brought with you. What you brought with you is what's in your heart. That's all you can carry, what's in your heart. And again, that's the ineffable stuff. So little things for me now are really the big stuff. That smile in the morning, you know, getting a call from somebody who says, you know, I forgive you or I love you you know, writing a note, even saying thank you. You know, there's a big difference between thank you and thank you, Todd. Adding one word to thank you, making it three words with the person's name, changes that person's outlook, actually changes their demeanor. I would argue it actually brings down the cortisol, that stuff that's running through, you know, the adrenaline in your body and makes you feel that you're recognized because at the end of the day, all we really want to be is recognized and be part of the world and be part of a solution. Yeah, I often tell people who tell me how what they need, I tell them, you know, what you really need is what you need is to be needed. I mean, that's what we all need. And there's a there's a famous quote by a philosopher who said, really, don't even ask what the world needs. I mean, he even goes further, ask what makes people come alive because what the world needs most are people who are alive. And, and when they're recognize they feel alive. So the hug, the flowers, baking something, the idea of volunteering, the idea of trusting someone, the idea of making, saying a prayer, the idea of even changing your route to work. These little things are really the breadcrumbs to the treasure. And they are breadcrumbs. They're very, very small little things that can make a big difference in your life. And if you go back 
the biggest things in your life, you'll find they started with something very, very, very little. Something, maybe a word something said or a sign that you saw or a dream that you had or a song that you remembered or a movie that you went to. They always start little. And even, you know, Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, the great film director, he said, every great dream in the world starts with one little thought. And that's why the pinky is something to always remember when you look at that. It's the little, not the big things that make the big difference. Aren't these little things the things that you're going to think about on your deathbed? I mean, Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember my father saying on his deathbed, his last words were, don't work so hard. And of course, that was, you know, when you think about the work that you're doing, it's always attached to getting something, making something bigger. But you know, it's it's those little things, those those peak moments, my family calls them, where you're all in sync and you're just together and you don't, you know, it's not what's in your pocket, but what's in your heart. And you feel so alive. You know, the word ill begins with the word I and the word well begins with the word we. And one of the little big things is this word we, where people are together and they recognize that they're not in the world together against the world, but that the world's for them. And these moments of revelation, they're always small and they're always private, but they hold a demeanor within them and they hold a promise within them. And that promise is called your life. So as you said, Todd, you know, at the end of the life, what I'm told is what flashes before you are the little things, not, again, not the big car, the big house, the big money, the big paycheck, the big life, but the little things. And that little thing is even the set of eyes that casts itself upon you before you take your last breath. Well, I think about the thumbs up model, Joey, and I think you know, if you're walking through life purposeless, you are afraid of anything and, and you're so paralyzed that you can't take any meaningful action. You were then so consumed and stymied and frustrated and angry and afraid that you're, there's no way you can even begin to focus on the little things. To get through those first four is only then when your heart is in a position to pay attention to those things, yeah? Absolutely. There's a wonderful, wonderful story about a man, a very famous psychologist named uh, Viktor Frankl. He was a Vini psychologist who was in all the the death camps, and he was going to escape Vienna, and he found a piece of the Torah that was demolished by the Nazis, and the piece of the, rather, Ten Commandments, it said, honor thy mother and father, and he took that piece up and decided to stay in Vienna and try to save his parents. He ended up in a concentration camp, And in the concentration camp, he realized that the people who survived are the ones who were pointing at what they wanted in life, that the survivors had a greater purpose in life, whether it was their spouses or their violin. And that the one thing that distinguished the survivors from the people who died in all these concentration camps was purpose. This happened because he found a little piece of the Ten Commandments on the floor of his parents' apartment. And this would lead him to this great revelation and a book that he would write Man's Search for Meaning, which has sold 40 million copies. And I would say, instead of buying my book, Thumbs Up, go buy The Search for Meaning. And if you have so many left over, then go buy Thumbs Up. But <laughs> but Victor Frankl talked about the power, the power of great purpose in one's life, even in the face of arguably the greatest darkness known to humanity, which was the Holocaust. So here we've got a story, in a way, of taking something very little that happened in his life, and he changed the lives of millions. And I'm here I am talking about this on, on The Intrepid Show with Todd, and this happened so many years ago. So again, little things mean everything in the world. 
Well, on that note, I think it's time to wrap. Joey, as always, a great pleasure to spend some time with you. Before I let you go, how can people contact you should they have questions working get their hands on Thumbs Up? And you should probably tell them about the Daily Joey, too. Yeah, Thumbs Up. Uh, hit the bookstores, Barnes & Nobles and other stores. Actually, yesterday, you can find it on Amazon.com. If you love it, write a review, and you can find me and my thoughts every morning. I send out something called Daily Joey. That's www.dailyjoey.com. Every morning, it's free. It's a thought that I'm thinking about that morning, and I send it out to the people who love their books and actually who love themselves. So again, it's www.dailyjoey.com. You can find me at joeyryman.com. I work for Bright House, which is now part of the Boston Consulting Group. Joey Ryman, founder of Bright House Consulting, professor at Emory University, and the author of Thumbs Up, Five Steps to Create the Life of Your Dreams. Joey, my friend, thanks so much for stopping by and spending some time with us. Thank you, my friend, Todd. All right. Well, that wraps this conversation. Again, on behalf of my guest, Joey Ryman, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. <music>